Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is a Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 135. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, who was asked out by a girl as a dare, Pat Flynn. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and thank you so much for joining me today in session 135 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. You know, one of my favorite things to do here on the podcast is to feature success stories of people building successful online businesses outside of the how to make money online, how to create a successful blog, how to become an entrepreneur space. I've heard directly from you, the listener, in emails, on Facebook posts, in tweets, and directly on comments of similar episodes that you just can relate to these more. I know you guys enjoy, because again, you've told me, the Tim Ferrisses and the Gary Vaynerchuks and you know people of high caliber, A-listers who have made it already. I know you like when they come on the show and they talk about what they do and how to do things. And you know a lot of them are very forward thinking, but it's these types of episodes, the one like today, that you all seem to resonate with the most, which is why come next year in 2015, you're gonna hear a lot more of these types of success stories. Again, stories of people building their businesses outside of the how to make money online space. Similar to Shane and Jocelyn Sams in episode 122, two teachers who are now making six figures a month by selling digital products to librarians and other football coaches. Uh, Just an amazing success story. And I know Jocelyn and and Shane are listening right now. Um, Guys, I still continue to get feedback and emails and uh, you know when I go to conferences people tell me that episode with those two teachers was so inspiring and they got me off my butt and started to work on my online business and I, I just I can't tell you how often I hear that and I hear that about other episodes I've done with similar success stories like the one with Lane Amen who had made six figures in the scrapbooking industry I'm not even kidding I'll link to that in the show notes as well but I'm really excited about this episode because this is another one of those success stories. This is Moore Moraz, who is an animator. He's an animator. So he's on the computer creating digital movies and things like that. And he's built an online business by being transparent in the realm and the world of animation. So we're going to get into his story. So without further delay, I'm so happy to welcome Moore Moraz from bloopanimation.com. Hey, what's up, SPI listeners? Another great interview today with Moore Moraz. He's here. What's up, Moore? Welcome to the show. 
Hey, Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And I want to thank you for emailing me, reaching out and telling me your story, because it's just so incredible what you've done in an industry that isn't really akin to doing stuff in this sort of online internet marketing type of way. You know, we've had episodes in the past with creative types and those were really popular because those kinds of people don't really see or even take advantage of what's out there. So first of all, before we get into, you know, the strategies and tactics and and tips you have for everybody, just tell us about yourself. What is it that that you do more? Hi, uh, so I'm, I'm a 3D animator. I went to the School of Visual Arts for computer animation. Uh, I graduated a few years ago and kind of like during during freelance work, which is usually what most people would do after school. Like I know you did it also like as an architect after school. Mm-hmm. Usually uh, artists would just get hired by a studio or they start freelancing and and that's it. That's, you, they do the job, like the art, and that's pretty much it. I feel I, I kind of took a lot of the online marketing methods and started implementing them into the animation world by creating the website that uh, that I have, bloopanimation.com, that we're going to get into later. Um, so, yeah, I feel it, it is that industry really is um, not really not really thinking in, in business senses. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're thinking a lot like artists. And I think a lot of artists, for some reason, really differentiate uh, the business side of things. Like they leave it, they leave the business side out of it. They want to be the best artist and try to get like jobs or, or freelance work or whatever uh, without really doing a lot of, you know, social marketing, uh, stuff like that, which right. are much more common in other industries. Right. I mean, it's really important, especially if you know you have something great, especially if you want to share it with the world. In order to really get the most out of it, you have to take advantage of these things. It's just like how a lot of us spend time writing content on our blogs. We spend all this time and effort and energy writing, and then we just expect that after it's posted that it's you know going to go viral, which you know right. and might happen, but not really. And that's really funny because that's one of the first lessons I've learned because when I, you know, as a creative person, as like a, a person who wants to make stuff for an audience, I just always assume that I will make something and people will just want to watch it. And something I learned, I created a, I created a, short, a short film uh, after graduation and I posted it. It was on YouTube, Vimeo. And, and I also created an animated web series during school. Like I really wanted to create stuff out there. And what, and what I've learned while doing it is, is kind of hard is that nobody cares about what you have to say that's just in general. Mm-hmm. But then I learned that nobody has to care about what I have to say yet. Like nothing that I will make is just going to be automatic, automatically interesting. Or even if it is interesting, people are still not going to watch it. There's mm-hmm. just too much stuff out there. Right. So how do we cut through all that noise? That's, that's what I had to like. That's, that was <laughs> one of the lessons I had to learn. Because when I created the, the anime uh, web series, I worked so hard on it. I had like actors and... You know, I produced four whole episodes, which was really hard and just nobody cared. And then I realized, like, no, nobody, nobody cares about what some person is doing unless, until they get to know them. And, and when I really learned that lesson was after I finished my film, I created a video. I don't even know why I did it, but I created a video called How to Make an Animated Movie. And it was just me for seven minutes talking about what is really, what really goes into making an animated movie. And that movie just got so many views so fast and I was so confused that like I created all these cool stuff and nobody watched them but then I explained how to make a movie and you watch that more than the movie mm-hmm. like that just didn't didn't make sense to me at the time and then I realized what was going on like that 
that's much more interesting to people, like to teach them and learn them and have them learn the process behind what, what goes into stuff is much more appealing to people. I love that because, you know, I, I sort of do the same thing on my blog. You know, I talk about things that I do and I bring people behind the scenes and talk about what went right and what went wrong. And people really appreciate that. And sometimes I think of the things that I love to be a part of and listen to or, or read or watch movies, you know, uh, books and, and, and audio podcasts. Like what is most interesting? to me is like how they're creating those things like for instance a movie right like I love movies but I love even more how those movies are put together that's why I love watching like the DVDs with the bonus section that tells me like how they did all this and the things that they cut out like I love that stuff so that's really cool that you sort of discovered this by accident and and it's funny because I I love those those things too. So it wasn't like a discovery. I I already knew that I love them, but I didn't think of of making that. Mm-hmm. So like it was it was kind of a shift in in perception of like instead of trying to just push content to people who are who are not ready for it yet, maybe maybe that way I can get them to listen to what I have to say, and eventually they'll be interested in the real art that I'm making. Sure. And is that what happened after this video kind of went? crazy the other stuff that you created before that wasn't getting any pull that people were starting to see it well a little bit but most of all i just realized that okay this is what i need to do right now so like this is working maybe i can make more of it and then somehow how i got to to your site and also other uh, online marketing because you know once you start with one person you kind of start to get all the names (laughs) and like go all over and but i I really feel that your website uh, was like my kind of my like my uh my torchlight leading me through the the, the process because I had no idea about anything in online marketing, affiliate marketing, like any any of the passive income uh thing. So when I when I saw what what you were doing, I, I thought, what if I just took all those methods that you created to, uh, in the niche in the niche side duel and just implemented like exactly the same, just like in a completely different industry. Like instead of showing how to build a website and all the stuff you've done, I'll I'll do that with the film. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've done over a year. I just gave everything away all the time, and I created another short film. That was my second one, the one that I'm I'm releasing right now. And and I did it in, uh, like an online marketer, and not like a, not like an artist. Mm-hmm. So Bloop Animation is the website you created, and you said you created this about a year ago. Yeah, about I think it was August last year. And now give us the sort of timeline of, uh, you know, when things finally started to take off. Did it re- Was it right when you started it without first video or, you know, what's the process been like for you? Well, no, it, it was it was kind of slow at the beginning, and but it, there was always a growth. And I kind of believe that, like, eventually it will it will reach a high number. Like, it's not stopping, even though it's really low. It's I know it's going to work. Like, I just I, I don't know how long it's going to take, maybe two to five years. But I knew that like eventually if I'll just keep doing it, which is the hardest part, just keep doing it. Right. right. That's where like a lot of people stop after like six months or a year. So I decided that if I don't stop, it's it can't fail. Mm-hmm. So and now now I'm standing on like maybe like 20 to 30 uh, K a month, like vis- unique visitors. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask you that actually how many visitors you had. So 20 to 30 K a month, which is great. And you're growing. What are some of those strategies from the niche site tool? For those of you who are listening who don't know what that is, you know, I've built sites publicly on smartpassiveincome.com and showed people, you know, exactly how it worked and what I did right, what I did wrong, and those types of things. You could find those at nichesitedual.com and there's a tab at the top that says updates for all the reports that I've done. Um, but 
tell us kind of what were the exact strategies you used to help grow Bloop Animation that kind of came from that? So I, th- I think I it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint specific ones. I just I basically implemented all the like the general online marketing tactics they use with like lead generation or like create a small document or an ebook to give away to get leads. Um, like you work really hard on like a resource page, like like what you have on your website, or like a very clever about page that kind of uh, navigates the the viewers in the way you want it. Um, and I really think that those things are are really not common in like for like artists or or people like I I don't know it's it was really weird doing like trying to implement all those things and in, in such a different way because because I've seen those stuff implemented all over like on the on the internet with online marketers and people who talk about making money mm-hmm. but I've never seen them like if I if I Google like animation blogs or whatever it's horrible like what you see like on the first page of Google of Google like the for, the first like four sites. Are they look like from the '90s or something like? They, and they don't, they don't realize like all the potential that that you can get out of a website like that if you if you think of it like a business. Like I really try to separate in my head to separate the art and the business. I'm not approaching it, and I'm approaching it from de- very different perspectives every time that I do something. Right now, do you feel like because you're focusing sort of a lot of your attention on the business side of stuff on the website and lead gen, like you were saying, and I want to get into some of those details with the resource page and, you know, your, your incentive, but do you feel like you still have the ability to do what you actually set out to do, which is create and, and, or do you feel this is kind of taking time away from that? Is it helping you or is it taking time away? Well, yeah, I mean, of, of course it's going to take some time away because I am putting time into it. Um, but it's giving me so much more. So I think it's worth it because, I wouldn't get the audience otherwise. If mm-hmm. I just like focused on the art, it would take maybe 10 times more, 10, time, 10 times longer to get the same results. So, and, and also because all the work that I do revolves around making the film, I'm kind of like killing two birds with one stone. Like I'm, I'm still doing the film, but whenever I'm finished with like, you know, sound design, I'll just make a tutorial about sound design. So it's already like the tutorials kind of write themselves as I do, as I do it. I don't have to think of like what to do now or, or how to get people to, you know, it's, it's all built in into the project. Sure. And so for everybody out there listening, this is kind of, let me try to see if I could sum this up for you in, in a way that's easy to understand. So if you are a creative type, or even if you're not, you know, whatever it is that you are creating, you can talk about that process. You could share everything there is about that process, sort of like how on Smart Passive Income, I shared how I built websites. Well, Moore is telling people how he's creating these films, which is a great strategy, obviously. It's been working for both of us, and I love it because it's giving people an over-the-shoulder view of what's going on, and also it allows people to take action themselves, too. Do you have people who follow you more who have taken what you've taught and have created their own stuff? Well, I, I hope so. I, I didn't really... Because these these projects take such a long time, It's I think it's still early for me to see if, if I really got these kind of results yet, because if people did start to do something... Uh, that were inspired by what I do, it would take so long for them to do it. Uh, so it, I, I still don't don't really know. But I do get a lot of emails saying, oh, you inspired me to start, you know, doing this or that. I'm, I'm really inspired. I'm going to animate right now. Like I do get those emails. I just, I didn't really see if any of them actually did anything. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Maybe there's some way you could hold a contest or have everybody sort of give a report on where they're at with with their yeah, animation, you know. I'm I'm definitely I'm, I've definitely thought about it to try to like to get feedback from people who took action and see see where they're at. That's awesome. 
Now, going back to the start of bloopanimation.com, this is like your hub now for everything, where you talk yes. about your processes. Um, what are some strategies you're using to get more traffic to your site? How are you, you know, getting, getting people over? All right, so if, if we get technical for a little bit, uh, yeah, I, every post that I, that I post, I also publish it on Reddit, uh, on my Facebook page and Twitter. So that's kind of like a, like a default thing to do, uh, stumble upon as well. I get a lot of, of traffic from Reddit, actually, they, like, to their dedicated animation channels. They, a lot of people come from there. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you recommend that's a strategy that a lot of people are missing out on, is, is perhaps posting their niche-specific stuff on Reddit? So I'll tell you, it's just not fun to post there. That's the only problem I have. It's always, I always get negative reactions. That's just like everybody there are very, they're very like intense and they just, they just want to be mad at you for posting. And it seems like they always say that, that, you know, you're spamming or every time like you post some kind of link and I'm, and I'm really promoting I'm not stuff. Spam- that's why. Right. Right. It is. But I'm, I'm really posting specific article in, only in specific channels that I think the, the readers would benefit from. And and, you know, sometimes, yeah, the reactions are good, but there's always going to be people who get mad. And it's only on Reddit. I've, I haven't seen it in any other uh, kind of like social network. I don't know why they're so like hard on you with the stuff you post. And I don't post that often, too. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know. It's just not not a fun environment <laughs> to post. But it gets so many, so many visitors so like that I have to do it. Right. Wow, that's interesting. OK, so you are you have this posting regiment. You post your uh you know, your, your, your tutorial or whatever it is on bloop animation, then you put it on Reddit, on Facebook and on Twitter. What else do you no, do? I, we should say that YouTube is like my big thing. Cause all uh, I do are video tutorials. So I, I actually started on YouTube before I built, I had bloop animation YouTube channel. And then I built a website like a month later. Cause I realized like, why, what am I doing? Like these people need to get somewhere. It's not going to just stay on YouTube. Right. Right. And um, that's a mistake. So yeah. A lot of people on YouTube make, they have a great YouTube channel. They have, Sometimes even hundreds of thousands of subscribers, but then they don't really tell them what to do or where to go. There's no way to reach them later because they're only on YouTube. And so my guess is that you are doing the right thing and collecting email addresses on your site. Yes, that's like I and these are all stuff that I wouldn't have known if I didn't, you know, start listening to your podcast, like read all those those blogs that I have, I wouldn't know to, to get out of YouTube and build a site or get emails. Like I, I thought, why do I need to pay for, for all those emails? It's really expensive. I pay like $20 a month just to get, you know, I, I didn't see the benefit, but then after listening and reading, I do see the benefit. And I, that's like my most important thing to get emails. Talk I have about, about like 4,000, I think awesome. so far. Talk about the emails. Why are they so important to you? I, I just know that all the online marketers can be wrong. Right. Like everybody is saying that this is the most important thing. So that's so I first I blind blindly just follow that that belief. And then I also saw that that I I can just communicate with them so often. And and I started a a, like an autoresponder series. So now whenever whenever a new user joins my site, I can I'm talking to him for like three months without doing anything. You know, we have a conversation every week Mm -hmm. and it's all automatic and it's just it's so valuable and it's something you can never get with with anything else. Not Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You know, everybody gets the email. Not a lot of people open it, obviously, but you know, they all. Not a lot of people open Facebook too, or like the the, the Facebook status. Barely, barely. I think ten percent of the Facebook um, audience see the status when you post it. I think there's like some kind of metric. Yeah, I think I, the last I heard was six to eight percent. 
average right. is the reach for any page, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's very low. Um, but I'm glad you see the importance of email. I'm curious to know how you are using it. Beyond the autoresponder, beyond keeping in touch with people over time, what kinds of things are you sending to them? What um, Are you using it to generate any income, for example? Um, so I, 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 no, I'm not trying to use the email to generate income. All, all of my income is based around uh, YouTube views and ads on my website and affiliate marketing through Amazon, Bluehost and, and a few others. Like I have like, you know, different, every time I find out about some kind of service that I start using, I, I try to see if I have an affiliate for it and I recommend it if it's relevant for my users. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't try to sell through the, the email cause I'm, I'm also not really selling anything right now. I'm currently working on an ebook about the making of the movie. So that will be pro- something I probably sell later. Uh, but I feel that email is more of a more of a communication tool for me to to keep keep my keep me on their minds, on the viewers' minds. Like so that if I do sell something or want to say something important, they're not gonna think like who's who's bloop animation? Why is he email me mm-hmm. all of a sudden? Uh, but I do have uh, some tactics with the autoresponders, such as my first email would be uh, is there anything specific you would like to see, any kind of tutorial you would like to, you know, for me to do? And that gives me like a ton of ideas for tutorials. So that's kind of an automatic tutorial idea generator for me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So you don't even need to guess anymore what your audience wants. They are telling you right then and there. Yeah. Um, so and, and I also use it to just send posts. Like whenever I post something new, I send an email to everybody about that specific post. That's good. That's that's something that's very underutilized and, um, you know, something I try to do more of. I know I don't use my email list as much as I should, and I've had a number of people email me when I use an email saying, Pat, these are great. I, I need to see more of this. <laughs> so I need to listen to my audience, too. But, um, yeah, it's really important because those are people who like your stuff and sometimes they aren't subscribed via RSS or they just don't happen to be on Twitter or on social media. So you should absolutely be sending emails to your list if they have subscribed about your post. Now, if you're worried about people getting too many emails, for example, if you come out with a new post every day, then that might be a little too much. But you could do a recap email like at the end of every week. I remember yes. I used to uh, subscribe to a blog at shoemoney.com and he came out with a post every day for a while. And um, I would get a recap email every Saturday with all the posts. And some of those I, I had missed or just it was nice to be reminded of them so then I can go back and, and read them later. I do have to do much better with my email list. <laughs> yeah, I try to keep it uh, not more than two a week. I don't want to like be in like annoying with my emails because I know I'm 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 very annoyed when mm-hmm. I get a ton of emails. What is your long term plan for Bloop Animation? So I think I think all that I'm doing is is so that I can make films and not worry about money. I think that's that's really hard because it's really hard to to focus on your personal project when you know when there's a job to go to or like when you need to make an income, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if that the website will be able to completely support me financially and all I have to do is, you know, make films or those kind of uh, fun artistic projects, uh, that'll be that'll be amazing. That's that's my first my like like step one of my long term plan, I guess, to reach that point. That's cool. I love that because what you're doing here is you're. You're creating, you're, you're an artist and you're doing stuff, but you're sharing how you do that along the way, which gets other people inspired to do those things, to follow your your lead. And what's cool is like, you know, everybody has a different way of doing their own art. So they're going to take what you taught them and kind of put their own style and spin onto it, which I think right. is really cool. I mean, let's see what I do, what I did with you. Like I've, 
this is a completely different world, but you inspired me to do something in, in like in my own world. I remember when I saw like, you know, the income report and all the, I, I was just shocked that someone is talking about those things. Cause like who says, you know, who, who, who tells people about what works for him financially? Like that's something that's just, you don't see online so openly. So, and, and then I thought like the movie industry is very similar that way. People in the movie industry don't, they're, they're really trying to hide stuff from you. They don't want you to know anything about the movie. They will make you sign NDAs if you work any, anywhere around it. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, what if I just do the complete opposite of that? And I, I gave away my storyboard on the first month. You can download it for free. You can press a button and you get the whole storyboard. And you know what happened at the end of the movie. That's it. Like there's no, I'm not trying to like create suspense. Like every, if you want to um, make that movie, like if you want to steal that idea from me, you go ahead. You can try spend a year of your life and steal the idea and make the same movie. Like I'm, I'm coming with a complete open, like all my tricks, all my shortcuts, all the stuff that I, you know, I didn't want to put too much time into this and I'm explaining why. And I'm not trying to make it pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to really just show what I do like every day to make that film happen. That's really cool. I ran across a site last week just kind of randomly during one of my work breaks and it was like a beer crafting site and um it was really interesting because he was telling everybody about everything that was going into what took to create this beer that he like brewed in his garage from his house and it was just so interesting you know and i I've, i know like for instance you think of the big name beer companies or soda companies or whatever they have secret recipes and you know it's all locked up in a vault somewhere and they don't want anyone to touch it or get near it but here we are i'm so interested in somebody just telling me everything and i could do it myself (laughs) if if i wanted to i think that's really cool and if you could be the person to influence other people to do that based off your own experience and your own um journey i think i think that's that's really cool right ideas are not the hard part (laughs) Mm mm-hmm it's, it's the implementation. Yes, it's the actually <laughs> doing it. That's the hard part. So if you want to steal my idea, you know, go ahead. But you have to actually do it. And that's, that's, that's not easy. Absolutely, you're right. Now, what are some of the challenges you've come across along the way? Was this always sort of easy for you and natural? Or what, what were some of the things that were trying to stop you along the way? Well, I think I do have the entrepreneurial like spirit. So that wasn't hard for me to decide to want to do it. But... But just the day to day scheduling time wise, like because I do uh, most of the most of the year I do work at a studio like I go, I do freelance animation work. Mm-hmm. So if I had to do a, to work on my project, the website have to be evenings and weekends. And that's just hard to do. That's hard to to go and work on a 3D program in front of a computer for 10 hours and then go back home and keep working on a 3D program <laughs> a software for another, you know, four or five hours and then go to sleep and do the same over. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that that was the hardest part until it can become a full time thing or at least part time. It's just hard to squeeze everything. But before we finish the show here more, um, any final tips for anyone out there who's just looking to create and get started online? What, what would you recommend them to do? Well, I, I, I really believe in the, in the Steve Jobs quote of uh, a real artist ship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that quote. So I just it, I really believe in just make something. Like don't, if you start planning or like overthinking it or making something, something huge, odds are you're not going to make it. So I guess my tip would be is if you, if you're at all inclined to doing something like that, just do something, like start something small. Like all I had was a YouTube channel with like zero subscribers and a how to make animated movie video. That's all I had. Mm-hmm. And I, and that was enough. I just did another one the next week and then another one. And like, you just got to keep doing it, I guess. The only way to fail is just to stop. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I highly agree with that. And I love that quote by Steve Jobs. Real artists ship. Yes. For sure. Thanks so he was much. was talking about the Mac team back in the day. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Dude, Moore, thank you so much for all this great information and the inspiration. And congrats on the success of uh, what you've got going on. I can't wait to see uh, your new film out there for the public. I, I got a nice little preview of it. Thank you for that. And um, it's, it's very cool. So... Uh, Thank you so much. I'll, I'll, I'll put a link on the show notes. Um, you know, hopefully we'll time this right so it's published uh, when that comes out so people could check it out and um, see kind of what you do from an artist's perspective. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was really it was really a lot of fun to have a chance to talk to you a little bit. Yeah, man, for sure. We'll, t- we'll talk soon and, uh, you know, all the best to you. Oh, you too. Thanks. See ya. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed that interview with more Miraz from bloopanimation.com. You can get all the other links and uh, the link to his movie Lift Up, which he talked about, which is now live on YouTube. You can find that on the show notes at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 135. I love these quick success stories. I'm going to do a lot more of them, like I said, at the beginning of the show. So if you have a success story like this outside of the how to make money online, how to build an online business space, I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at pat at smartpassiveincome.com and in the subject line put success story and my uh, assistant Jessica will read those over and forward uh, some over to me to look at that she feels would be great and so I look forward to seeing those and to uh, perhaps contacting you. I won't be able to contact all of you I'm sure but you know I'll reply to you and uh, we'll try to set something up to get you on the podcast as well not only to just you know promote your business that's not the purpose. The purpose is to inspire and help others and show people the way because there's a lot of people out there just like you uh for those of you who who have gone through and you know were in the trenches already or are already in the trenches right now there's a lot of people who can get and pull inspiration and education from you so let's hear from you again you can email me pat at smartpassiveincome.com i'd love to hear about your success story just you know one or two quick paragraphs and then we'll talk more down the road if it makes sense and i'll contact you if uh, we're going to make that happen. So thank you again so much. Again, the show notes for this episode can be found at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 135. Guys, I've, I've really been enjoying this podcast and I will continue to do it in the future for you. I know a lot of you have taken the information that I've shared here, the interviews that we've done uh, with other experts and other people and, and have actually taken action with it. And I just love you for that. I, I'm so thankful that I have an audience who uh, is actually not just learning, but learning and putting things into place to make change in their lives and the lives of others too. I mean, we're all here to serve other people, I hope. Um, But I know a lot of you also need a little bit more help. Uh, I've been getting messages left and right from people who have been asking for more and and deeper information about certain things. So what I've done is that I've actually put together a number of courses and there's more courses coming in the future thanks to your recommendations. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses, you'll see a list of the courses that are currently available there or that you can sign up for the wait list for. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. Check it out. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode and uh, look out for the next one because the next one, actually the next two go hand in hand with each other. In episode 136, we're interviewing David Seitman Gartland from therisetothetop.com, talking all about how to build an online course that sells. So really into the detail of what makes and how can you build an online course that will sell, not just sell for like, you know, $97, but a big one that you can create that will sell and be your flagship product for your business. And then in the next episode after that, we're gonna be talking with Amy Porterfield, about a very specific strategy you can use to launch that online course with a bang.
All right, I'll see you guys in the next few episodes. Until then, thank you so much. And if you have time, please leave a review on iTunes. They are extremely helpful. Not only do I read them all, but they also help with the rankings and the exposure of the site as well. So just head on over to iTunes, look up Pat Flynn or Smart Passive Income, leave an honest review and rating, and uh, I'll, you know, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Cheers, take care, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.